Ricky. Yes. Did you know that support for the Social Suplex Podcast Network is brought to you by Manscaped? I did, but do our fans know? Well, if they don't, then they should know that these guys at manscaped.com are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. And they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I know that the fans, some might be hearing this for the first time, but what are your thoughts on that? Well... Given that we were given, sorry, we were given um, samples of it, we were given a box, courtesy of Manscaped, and I know you've used it, and I've now used it, and it was pretty damn good. Um, no nicks, no nothing, everything is perfect down there. Considering you're a man who is very particular when it comes to his grooming, you'll be glad to know yes. that Manscaped obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I'm sure that's... Uh, a mission statement close to your heart? It is, it is. I, I like to take care of myself, and Manscaped are, are giving me a tool in order to do that. A tool for your tool? A tool to take care of my tool, yes. And what our listeners will be over the moon to hear is, if you were to get one of these at manscaped.com and put in the, the code SUPLEX at checkout, you'll get 20% off and free shipping of such yep. a tool. <laughs> at the end of the day, like you know, twenty percent off, and the fact that the product is so damn good, and it's a no-brainer, really. It, it is like you don't want to be using normal razors, etc. This is designed for this purpose. Is. Um, and one of the good things about it is that you can actually use it in the shower. And you can, you can use it in the shower. You can use it in the dark. The lawnmower three point oh, uh, it's got a. Quiet stroke technology at over seven thousand revs per minute. It's just it's a it's like see if you were doing some sort of top ten on the best ever pay per view or something like that. This would be the main event. Well, and, and, right. So forget all these uh, design features we're telling you about. See at the end of the day, like does it do the job or you want it to do? It does it extremely fucking well, and there's no issues. There's nothing to be worried about. Oh, it might cut, etc. It's it's flawless. So you know. You can talk about the revs, you can talk about how you can do it in the shower, etc, etc, but the bottom line is, you get an awesome result out of it, and that's what you're wanting. So, with manscapes.com, trim that junk of yours, because your bulls will thank you. As well, your partner. Or partners. Exactly. Hopefully multiple partners, right. but, you know. Right, on to the show. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Welcome to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Hopefully by now you'll realise that this is Ricky speaking. Um, thanks again for downloading and of course I'm joined by my friend and co-host Clive. Good evening. How are you? It, it is a good evening Ricky. I am ever so happy to see you wear your scully. 
in this sort of oh. humid weather. Is it humid? Oh, it is for me. It's kind of cold. I'm quite... It's a bit windy outside. I'm a bit sticky tonight. What have you been doing? Your hands or... <laughs> have I been doing my hands? Do you know how that oh, sounds? I mean, you're a bit sticky. Where have your hands been? That is a loaded statement. It's... Man, no, folks, sorry. No and loaded in my hands. There. That was a voice of Mr. Rance Morris, who has joined us today from outside his edge. Good. AKA the friend Enrique and Clive and friends. Yep. It's good to have good you back man. on, sir. Good to be back. I missed you guys. Missed you too. It's as Stained yeah. once sang, it's been a while. I mean, I was on the phone at Ranch just about three days ago, so, so I, I see him. I see him all the time. I, mean, I talk to you guys every day, but nonetheless, <laughs> it's good to be in this space mm-hmm. with you guys. In the ethereal planes. Yeah, that. Yeah, well, also, you're going to give me an ethereal planes and a stain drop in the first two minutes of the podcast? Okay. Um, That's the right. best you're going to so, get. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, we're continuing our NXT all-time pay-per-view card. Obviously, got mine and Caleb's last week. This week, we're going to go with Rance and Clive. And next week... We're not going to say who it is, but we've got a couple of guests coming on next week as well. Maybe we might say it at the end of the episode, but we've got a couple coming on next week. And then that'll probably be the end of the NXT stuff, I'm assuming. And then we'll do our like, listeners one as well for yep. it. Yep. Um, but yeah, just to quickly remind you, so we're going with an NXT title match, NXT women's match, tag title match, North American, Blood Feud, and a random match of your choosing as long as it's not for one of the titles that's been mentioned there and it doesn't need to be a title match you can win on title match yep. um, obviously can't use the same wrestler twice so which one of you gentlemen want to go first Rance I, are you tramping out the bit for this one oh I'm, I'm Mr NXT come on now well I'm happy to give the floor over to you to start proceedings okay did I have to come up with the name because I can I can bullshit a name real quick? Uh, I forgot about that. I've not even got one for mine, so okay. it's up to yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think I, Caleb done one, but I don't think I've done one. Well, we're not gonna beat the wrestling wash. We just can't beat that. <laughs> uh, no, the final wash was like the greatest. <laughs> that, that, that was great. <laughs> so let me say this, and I I have proof. I did this card before they even recorded last week's episode. Mm. So I have not changed anything from last from hearing what they did last week. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I'm, Rance, I don't want to say anything bad about it, but I can be proof of that because I've saw Rance's card. Well, and have you? probably Yes, he sent me like last week from soon as like I think this was even before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um so or it might have been straight after where even before it had been uploaded. Um well, you hadn't so, even made your card yet. All right, yeah. So there we go. Okay, um, I'm going to go in order. Um, so we're going to start so, so with. Is this your, sorry, is this your how your card's going to be laid out then? Yes, sir. Right. Yeah, do it all the way. Got to go all the way. Uh, we're going to start with the NXT tag title match. As uh, more recent NXT viewers know, there is a, a legendary run 
of tag title matches with the Undisputed Era for the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Legend. So I couldn't pick one of their great feuds, whether it was against Roddy and Pete Dunne before Roddy turned, whether it was uh, AOP that first time, whether it was Oni and Danny. So what I chose was what I've said to Clive as my favorite ladder match ever. Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits versus the guys who are forgotten. Thanks, Riker. Versus <laughs> Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. I know that that may be a bit of a blasphemous statement to say as my favorite ladder match ever, but I have seen things in that ladder match I have never seen in other matches before. There was a level of danger in that match that I haven't seen since the TLC matches. There was a level of ingenuity based on the people involved that I haven't seen in in, in singles ladder matches, let alone uh, four corners ladder matches. Uh, tag ladder match. It was just a beautifully wrestled match. Montez Ford has springs for legs. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is a glutton for punishment. Oh, yes. Just a beautiful just a beautiful match. And um, one of the things that's important to me is the right the right team won. The Street Profits needed to win that match. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I, I think as from what we've seen in the last year and a half, as you said, it is a surprise pick, but I know you've also said it's your favourite ladder match you've ever seen as well. I can't fault it for being a stupendous tag team ladder match. I just think there have been better ones. However, my biggest takeaway from that, even aside from all the violence, all the, as you say, ingenuity and innovative violence that we saw, I'm going to go on record as saying Angelo Dawkins has the best spear in the business right now. There's a it goes right low for the gut, and I think it was more accentuated because it was I think it was underneath the ladder. Is that right? Yep. Right before Montez jumped at the springboard to the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that that's not so far. It's not given them seven years of bad luck because say what you want about their booking, but they're they're a key feature on Monday Night Raw. Uh, they won the titles that night, so it's, as far as careers going, it's going well for Street Profits right now. And it's because Angelo Dawkins said, "Fuck superstition," and just speared the living daylights all out of it. <laughs> yep. Ricky, your thoughts? Um, it was that was NXT Takeover Twenty Five, wasn't it? Yep, Twenty Five. Yep. Good match. Real good match. Real good match. Um, I think the most surprising thing from such a match like that is so many people, and it's a ladder match, you know, because sometimes it can just get too chaotic and sometimes it can get too um, too messy and just too many people there. Um, but you never really got, never really felt with that. Completely agree, Street Profits winning made all the sense in the world. Um, I don't think it's such an outlandish statement to say it's like your most favourite ladder match um, or the best. I think it's certainly one of the absolute very best ones you'll see. Um, and talking about the Undisputed Era, I think probably are the greatest tag team um, in NXT history, I think. Oh yeah, no um, question. Uh-huh. I think... 
I guess it's how do, whatever which version of the which one do you take? Is it Kyle O'Reilly and Fish, or is it Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy? It could be either or, but I personally I would go with Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy. Kyle and Roddy were the ones that had that stretch of like. Yep. I know we we don't care about star ratings here, but like just like give them all the stars. Uh-huh. Like all those matches were bangers. Just so fast and kinetic and relentless, really. And if if, if we if we're gonna keep it a buck, if the undisputed era didn't have that match with Oni and Danny, would they still be a team? That's true. That's true. They got them over that night, and Oni was always over as a singles guy, and Danny's always good for. A good a good match, or he could do NXT UK and be fine. But as a team, those two have eaten as a team off of that match because that showed the world they can really go and they have something different than just you know two brawlers. Yeah, I, I thought I think the great f- thing about sorry, I think the great thing about on this video is like we've got we saw great matches with a a different variety of groups, whether it be like the Office of Pain. Um, the Viking Raiders, um, and then obviously, like you say, whether it be against Mustache Mountain or Street Profits or um, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, so there's there's a real variety there of work against people of different sizes and ability. Dave gave Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain a five star rating at Full Cell. Yep. Think about That's that. It. I spoke about that last week, and I was. If only that was on a tape over, I could have used that. I don't, yep. I, don't, I, don't, was that, I don't think that was for tag titles, was it? I can't remember. Yeah, that was yeah. the rematch. Yeah. Remember the, the must, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Era, Era won, regained the titles that night because Mustache Mountain won them in London. Oh, that's right. Okay, number two? Yep, go for it. I'm about to make Clive quite happy. Uh, because we're about to absolve some fools of their sins. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the, the, the toughest thing for me when I was making this card was where do you put Johnny Gargano? Love and hate. I, my love and hate with Johnny Gargano is very, if you listen to The Edge, you know. Like, I, I love the guy. I hate the guy. Where do you put him, though? Because he is undoubtedly the most important person in NXT history, I think. Um, maybe Finn is just a little over because Finn got them to this level, but Gargano's well, it's it's one A one B one A one B. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you could have went a myriad of ways, but the reason I picked Black and Gargano not just to pop Clive because I know (laughs) he enjoys that, but it's because that might be from top to bottom the best story NXT's ever told. No, that's huge to say, but. From uh, Johnny starting to lose his mind and not being able to beat Champa, from uh, Alistair getting jumped in the back and the Who Done It for like two months, from the misdirects of everybody thinking it was Cash's Ono, and Gargano, everything. Gargano, going... Sorry, Gargano also costing him the title as well. Well, I was getting to that. Gargano costing him the title. Uh, on, on accident and and giving it to Ciampa, which made him lose his mind even more. Then then the Nikki Cross situation, Nikki's got a secret to the match, and the match was beautifully brutal. And I mean, we 
we we could just talk about that ending and not talk nothing else for the rest of the show. I absolve you. <laughs> Alistair Black kicked Tommy so hard he changed his alignment. Like, like Johnny Gargano turned back face for like a day. Like he kicked him out of heel to face for like a week. Like that is that's amazing. That that match is tremendous. So yeah, I had to go that number two. I mean, it's to this day still my favourite match I've seen on NXT from any takeover from any TV show. I can't I can't fault it one bit. There was just something something clicked for me like the stars aligned in my soul watching that. The whole thing with Alistair Black coming out uh, with half of his attire donned in demon horns, so it's as if he's got one foot firmly planted in hell. Um, the plethora of kicks that were involved in the match, like really hard hitting kicks to the head, which is how you, you imagine it happened in the parking lot. Uh, just, it was a thousand miles an hour, no sign of it letting up. All their signature moves were amplified by going out, like d- jumping out, like see Gargano's spear. I think he tried it out towards the ring and Black hit him with a knee. And then as you say, absolve you of your sins. It's just... Oh, I, I can't. Powerful. I can't fault it at all. I mean, you might be guessing that might be giving clues away as what to, I'm going to say later. But such a such a that's, special match. That's one of the most badass lines you'll hear. <laughs> I absolve you of your sins. And yep. they, and then he decapitated them. Yep. And and the beauty of it is, bet money that was just like that's just something he says. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't like a scripted line. That's some, just some shit that Alster says. Oh my god! <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I, and I think that's that's quite a statement to say that's your favourite match, mm. NXT match of all time. I know. I'm not saying it's a bad statement, it's a wrong statement. It's, you know, I think I toyed with this one as well for mine. Um, I obviously went Gargano Champa, but for me, I knew you were going to go this route. Well, we'll wait later on, but. I, you know, I know Clive most likely would have had that in his and like I said, it will be confirmed later on. For me, when it came to Gargano, the, the hardest thing for me was I didn't even want to go for my NXT title match I ultimately picked. I wanted to go Gargano and Almas, which in my opinion is the best NXT match I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, but I couldn't, I just couldn't in my mind justify leaving Champ and Gargano off. Um, it's kind of made it more difficult. But going to Ranty's point, yeah, I think also Finn and Gargano are like kind of right there, side by side with one another. Um, closely followed by somebody like Asuka, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, much that's much, a, much put together. Yeah, like that's, that. that's a that's a that's a great pick because I said that that story went on for quite a while. And like say, as, as Ran says, like we all thought it was Cassius Ono. And then it turned out to be Gargano. And even where it was, I can't remember who Nicky was having a match with. Bianca. But what, Bianca. was it yep. in, in the lights were out and Alice was sitting there, legs crossed. And she's rolling about and suddenly he just puts his hand up. And it was like, and then he was like, come here. And then she's like transfixed on him. And now she's starting to crawl towards him. And this is crazy psycho Nicky. And it, it, it just kind of... Um, it's as if he tamed her for that split yes. second. Yep. 
Well, not just her, but when he raised his hand, the crowd was going crazy. When he raised his hand, the the crowd just got quiet. And so, like, he tamed everybody in that room. And the the uh, the ring was just covered in Bianca's glitter. Just <laughs> so true. absurd. But see, the, the last the last image of that match, I know it's probably not intended, and I know I'm being a I'm I'm total mark. But that was like they tried to make that something of a supernatural match. And then once Gargano had been totally decapitated and pinned one, two, three, the the demon on the back of Black's back was just looking down at Gargano out cold on the floor. It's like, oh, <laughs> give me that right now. It's like, you came to hell, you paid the didn't price, he, young man. Didn't he kick him? Make contact with the, the foot that was covered in horns as well? Well, he, he gave him two black masses. He gave him the yeah. first one. And then he, that's when he, that's the first time he picked him yep. back up with his foot. And that's when he said, I absolve you of your sins. And then he hit the black mass. It, that's just, it's poetic. Like, why doesn't Kyle like him? I'm confused now. Because <laughs> Kyle's a dick. <laughs> I said that. Kyle is a dick. Listen, let's just forget the rest of this podcast and let's just talk about this match. Please, please. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Oh. Rick? Oh, let's move on. Right, okay. <laughs> All right, match number three was the hardest match to find on my card because that North American title match is hard mm-hmm. because there is not a very big grouping, right? So another thing I tried to do with my card was not just make the best card possible or something Rick pointed out when we did the uh, best of best of WWE card or whatever the card was we did. Mm-hmm. moments matter to me more than like in-ring shit uh, so it was hard to find stuff in those mixtures so what I, I I wanted to be different I wanted to pick something I knew nobody else would pick and I wanted to pick something I knew that people would say damn I forgot about that so I went with and this is easily the weakest match, match, match in my car but the match is fire still um, I went with Takeover New York, uh, Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. Yep, tremendous match. Great. I don't want to say it's a great story going in, but I mean they're total opposites as people, total opposites as performers. And this was Matt Riddle's first loss. Um, but it's so it's it's so sad to think about what could have been with the allegations around Dream now, which we don't have to get into, but. He had quite a run of like not only fantastic but like surprisingly fantastic t- title matches, yeah. whether it was the North American title or even when he fought Champa for the NXT title. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that, that, I, I the run. Sorry to cut you off, but Riddle, Breeze, the triple threat with um, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne was it? That was it. They were all really, really strong defenses. So um, yeah. on you go, Ricky. I'm surprised that you said with quite quite a bit of authority there. <laughs> that this is the weakest match on the card. That's confidence, sir. That's just confidence in the rest of my card. Because <laughs> look at his face. Look at his face. Match. No, like I think I've, I've just, you know, I just I, what I'm saying is Rance didn't mean in the sense that it was a bad match because in comparison to wrestling this match was just 
awesome. Ah, it was, yeah. It won I me think, over. I think the that. surprising thing was that Dream won because it was. I was quite surprised that Riddle took the loss so early on. Um, this was a, the same takeover as Pete Dunne and Walter. Um, it was still it was still such a good match. Um, I thought I remember those last sort of like five minutes or so, five, six, seven minutes. It was just fucking insane. Um, yep. No, that's that's a that's a, that's a that's a great great pick. Um, and like you said at the start of it, we really don't have much to choose from. I think if Keith Lee and Dijakovic took place at a takeover. I think I'd be pretty confident every single person would have probably ended up picking that match. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that didn't take what took place on uh, normal NXT. Um, but that, I, I, what's I that one, sorry? When I saw Keith Lee and Dijakovic. Oh, they've had a Portland takeover. Portland, yeah. But it wasn't for the... It was. No. Was it for the title? Mm-hmm. That was for North American, and then they went back and they did ah, Lee and Dijakovic. And um, priest at in your house. That's right. That's right. But I actually think their their their, norm, their NXT show normal. Was, I, I, I preferred the matches on that. That's I what I mean. And if like if those took if that took place at a takeover, uh-huh. um, I actually went back and watched this match again because I don't know if I forgot about it, but I was like, oh. Like Vance went with that, you know. I was like, I'm going to go back because I think for the most part, I think a lot of us, I was half expecting quite a lot of people just to probably go over the, the first ever North American match. Uh, oh, the, the latter match. Yeah, yeah, me and Caleb did. Um, but yeah, this one I kind of I was a bit like, oh, I was surprised at that, but I went back and watched it, um, and it, and it was still good as as good as I remember. But, yeah. So you know, kind of shit was happening with the dream, but. So I knew I wasn't going to pick the latter match. I knew I wasn't going to pick Cole and, and Ricochet. And I knew I wasn't going to pick the Keith Lee matches with Dijakovic. I knew I couldn't do those. So that really, really like narrowed it down for me. Uh-huh. Um, and the best of the, the rest of the bunch, and I mean, I'd argue it's as good as some of those other three, was Dream and Riddle. So, and we said allegations on Dream. Hell, allegations on Matt Riddle. That whole match could be forgotten yep. in like uh-huh. a year. The, that, that was the match that won me over with Riddle and you'll know, shout out to Rab Ropes, I was not a fan of Riddle at the start, to see Riddle look very visibly frustrated and tease even a heel turn thought, there's some there's some nice wee character work there, he, was, he wasn't taking Dream seriously and now he has to because he's, he's losing, he did eventually lose but I really enjoyed that match, I think well, I won't say anymore because it might give away stuff about my card but... Well, I- I, 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 yeah, because I got another. I know another Matt Riddle match that you love. That I don't know if I can I say it or should I keep it quiet. No, we'll we'll talk. I know what one you're talking about. We'll say it at the end. <laughs> I, I fucking know what one you're talking about. I I, I, I forgot. We were kind of waiting for Matt Riddle to turn on him after the match because mm. yeah. he seemed to loiter around and linger about for a little too long. At the time, I was like, mm, kind of waiting for you to turn here. And I'm hoping they didn't, and obviously didn't, but I was kind of waiting on that. Yeah, that was well, that, good stuff. Well, that and nobody can be that happy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, well, you just smoke, that, smoke just, that much weed and you will be. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> when you get to know the dudes, you see, like, that's, this is what it is. Um. Okay, number four? Yep. So, 
I thank Ricky and Clive for allowing number four, the random match, to not be a title match because my entire card was built around this match. Ooh. I know that Rick said earlier in the in the in the show that Gargano Almas is the best match in NXT history. I can't argue that. But the match that I can throw against that take over Dallas Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And you, you were gonna say that. Um so just to give a little context of why that match is so amazing, on top of the physical match, just watch the match. You don't have to that's all you gotta see. Number one, Sami Zayn may not be the face of NXT, but uh, he was definitely the heart of NXT. Easily. That was his final farewell match. So he was already emotional as it is. Take over Dallas. I was there that weekend. I didn't go to take over Dallas, but I went to WrestleMania. Um, it was just a buzz in the air. Almost more about TakeOver than it was about Mania because that was the Mania everybody was hurt. Um the person that got me into New Japan Pro Wrestling was Shinsuke Nakamura. I didn't watch New Japan. Mm-hmm. But I saw Shinsuke. And I saw some of his entrances and some of the Bamaye, which we know now as the Kinshasa um, compilations. And Jeff Jarrett did the thing with Global Force Wrestling, which allowed for, for Wrestle Kingdom to be on pay-per-view. Why the hell not? I'll throw, a 40, I'll throw a high 40 at that or however much it was and get it on pay-per-view. And that way I can watch whenever I want DVR. That night was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi, my favorite match in the Japan history. Also, AJ Styles versus uh, uh, Naito, wow, my boy, and Tanahashi versus Okada. Great card. So when Shinsuke went on came over, the buzz in the in not only in the building, but in the entire wrestling world, Shinsuke's coming to America. The moments before his entrance when Sammy comes out and then Sammy's music stops and the buzz of the first violin notes of his entrance and then the strobe lights, I have never in my life had a feeling like I had watching that happen. I've been to quite a few shows. I've been to multiple WrestleManias. I've been to a bunch of tapings. I've been to quite a few pay-per-views. I am very blessed in that regard to have seen a lot and done a lot, not just in Houston, but in a whole bunch of different cities. I have never felt a moment. I was at WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan, right? I was at I was at Raw the night Kevin Owens won the title. Oh. Like I've been at some big match, some big shows. Never in my life have I felt a feeling like I felt when Shinsuke debuted. I felt like I was in the crowd. I don't feel like that at home. I've never felt a moment like that in wrestling. When Shinsuke came out, the music, the entrance, the crowd, they lost their shit. And I watched this from a damn hotel room on a laptop. So I just want you to understand, not only is it the match, it's the moment. I have no words. Ricky? Um, this was one that I gave strong consideration to as well um, Nakamura's oh, I joked to Rance like was this Nakamura's only good match in WWE <laughs> um, 
it's by far his best, and I think I can't remember on a takeover. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or well, just maybe speaking to John Ross, friend of friend of ours, that that version of Nakamura, if you'd never seen him before, was probably the closest version of what you would have seen in New Japan. Oh, because, absolutely. like you say, it's like you need to get used to quote unquote the WWE, WWE way, and wrestle their way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he was still new, still fresh, and it was. Well, that was King of Strong was, Style. That was, yeah, it's King of yeah, Strong Style. That was, that was unbelievable. That match, and as Ryan says, everything building up to it. And I remember Sammy kind of crouching in the corner, holding the top ropes, and just waiting in the corner. And as soon, I can't remember, but it seemed like he had a little smirk on his face as soon as the first violin note went. Did. Was like, he was like so excited, yes. And it's, you know, like Nakamura, some of his takeover entrances were some of the best, I mean, especially when they start when they brought out that the violin. Yeah, um, that was really special. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this is one of the absolute very best NXT matches you'll ever uh-huh. see. Um, I think it's it is Sami Zayn's best NXT, well, Sami Zayn's best match, period, I think, in WWE. Now, um, match is fine. It's it close. Was. The match is amazing. It was, and I, like, I think that could be one A, one B scenario once again. Um, yeah, like no, no issues with this pick whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a great, great pick. Um, and I think you just the buzz surrounding Nakamura when he's coming in, and like you say, the crowd was just mm-hmm. going bananas as soon as he came down and throughout the entire match. Um, and it's kind of fitting, as you say, as it went up against the heart of NXT. There's there's not much I can add to what you guys have been saying, apart from this. You'll have heard me a few times now, even as recently as last week, where there's a match that I have watched, and I will text Ricky, like, Caps Lock, you have to see this match, you have to see it now. <laughs> like, hurry, 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 join me. This was one of those matches. There's a select few where I've done that with Ricky, and that Dallas card was fucking ridiculous, really, when you think about it. But the worst match in the card was Austin Aries and Baron Corbin, and mm-hmm. that was good for the five minutes it was. Mm-hmm. But the just a magical, a magical match with many magical moments in it. Top notch pick. The the. The crowd had never heard his theme, and by the time he came out to the ring, they were singing his theme for the rest of the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, number five. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, probably the probably the only thing I'm disappointed in my card is I would I would have liked to have had two women's matches, but I mean it is what it is, right? <clears throat> Misfortunate. <clears throat> you know, you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> You gotta play them. You gotta play them how they're given to you. Um, so I, again, I was determined not to use Sasha and Bailey. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. Refused to do it because everybody else is going to use that match. <laughs> best match in NXT history. Best women's match in NXT history. If there was ever a match, if you asked me to show a non wrestling fan one match, Same. and I had the chance to show them not only the match but the but the hype video before the match, Sasha and Bailey. That's the match I showed to my daughter to get her into wrestling. So, like, easily best package. I couldn't pick it here. I picked what I think 
is the better match. Not the more important match, but the better match. Ooh, Oscar versus Ember 2, TakeOver Brooklyn 2. That match might have been the... I mean... There's been some tremendous women's matches since. I mean, what, Sasha and Becky, um, Charlotte and Sasha has some bangers. Like, there's been some fire matches, right? But Oscar and Ember, Ember, the second match, might be the greatest women's match I think I've ever seen in North America. That match was amazing. The only bad part about it is the wrong person won. Uh But, I mean, you know... It didn't hurt because Ember got it. What the next the next takeover? And whenever Asuka had vacated, yep. Yeah, but I yeah. think that was I think that was Asuka's last defense, was it not? Yeah, because she went because there was nothing else for her to do, and they called her up. Oh. Uh, and by the way, I was was I there? I was there when I won't say I was there when Asuka won the title. Not Asuka when uh, Ember won the title. I want to say I was there. Anyway, nonetheless, I was there because that was in Houston. I felt like that was in Houston. I'm sorry. Talking to myself. Anyway, tremendous match, wonderfully wrestled, and this is one of the rare times where you'll see me pick the in-ring portion. Pick a match for the in-ring portion. Like Most matches I'll pick for the moments or for the atmosphere – this is strictly just the best damn wrestled match I think I've seen to women wrestle in that company. I um, I know that that's the case, and I remember it being critically lauded from everyone, including myself. But see, right now, I've not got much of a memory on it, so I can't fully comment on it, which is unfair, I know. Um, it may be worth a rewatch for myself, to be honest with you, but... That's that's the only negative. There is no, there's not a lot of moments mm. that you can remember off the top of your head in that match, which is, I, and I, I openly admit that it's very outside of my normal realm. But the match is just so damn good, I could not go with it. Yep. Okay. It's probably, I think, the second best um, women's match I've watched in NXT. I think it's one A one B as we say, but I, for me, I, I still take Asuka, Sorry, Charlotte and oh Jesus, Sasha Banks and Bailey over it. Um, I think the moment was so big that that's what probably pipped it. Um, I agree that Ember Moon should have won. I think we all kind of felt that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fact that Asuka then vacated just for Ember then to win it, it was a bit like mm, you know maybe could have given it to Ember. Um, yeah, like it was it, again. Like I, I'm not that surprised by the pick because it's such a damn good match. I'm only slightly surprised as Rand says that he went against what normally he goes with, but he's kind of picked a match that I would pick. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I go yeah, for exactly. the ring, and you. So, but I think yeah, like I don't think you, I don't think it's a wrong, I don't think it's a wrong pick. I don't think it's a bad pick whatsoever. I think it's a great pick. Um, what I say is probably the second greatest NXT match ever I've, I've ever seen. A women's match that is. See if uh, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler was on a takeover, I think that might have widened the 
choices a bit more, but it's going to be the same two or three matches. I think that triple threat in your house was excellent, but there's not going to be many many different picks for the women's title, I think. You know what match I would have loved to have picked, Clive? What one? Asuka and Nikki Cross, last man standing. Last woman standing. I, I wanted to go that, but that was at full sale. So we could do that. That was insane. I want I you to understand. I know this man like the back of my hand, so every match I say, Pops Clive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that match, that match. Right. So the big finale. I actually watched that match. Remember, I sent into the group saying I'm actually currently watching Nikki Cross and Asuka. That was about three or four weeks ago. It was just random on BT Sport one night. It was off the charts. So. Okay. Finale? Yep. Alright. So, there have been a myriad of amazing NXT title matches in the history of NXT takeovers, right? But, can't use Johnny Gargano. Can't use Sami Zayn. Can't use Aleister Black. Can't use Velveteen Dream. What can I use that is fitting of closing the card? You, do you have a guess, sir? I do have a guess. Please. Uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe? No. Close. One of them, right? Finn Balor. The forgotten, the forgotten main event, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens at TakeOver Brooklyn in the ladder match. Oh, two ladder matches. Yep. Yeah, I know, I know. But you see, I put them one at the beginning, one at the end. You got to space them out. Mm-hmm. Um, that, it, this isn't, it isn't sad, but it's it's almost a shame that Sasha and Bayley was such a, was such a transcendent world-beating match People forget how great <laughs> Balor versus Kevin Owens was. I do. I, I I think it completely overshadows it. Yeah. One hundred percent. By the way, shout out to Kevin Owens because remember this was Kevin Owens' last real uh, weekend in NXT. He did that match, the ladder match. The next night he fought Cesaro. That... The next night on Monday he had another crazy match. Like shout out to Kevin Owens, bro. Yeah, that Cesaro match. Watch that back, ladies and gentlemen. That was in a death spot, and it was the best match of the night, arguably. Tremendous, tremendous. But I mean, both of them are like wrestling savants, so what do you expect? Mm. But um, and one more thing, one more thing. Shout out to the shout out to Finn Balor and the Demon because because Finn Balor has gone so long without being the Demon, unless you count WrestleMania 35, which was like out of nowhere. We forget how important and how big when. When Finn turned to the demon, you knew shit was real, right? Oh, yes. It's almost like Kurt Angle pulling the straps out, strap pulling the straps down. Like, when that happens, you remember the match when Kurt Angle pulled the straps down, then he pulled them back on uh-huh. to pull them back down to, like, show you I'm really serious? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, so when Finn put the paint on, you knew it was real. And um, this match was tremendous. The buildup was, was tremendous. Um, the match was amazing. One of probably the better ladder matches NXT has ever had. But also, I wanted to highlight two of the most important people in the history of NXT. Um, my only sadness is that the only man that I called daddy, Tommaso Ciampa, wasn't on the card. That's, that's on the, I mean, you've got a 
an astounding card there anyway, so it's not exactly the worst thing to happen. Yeah. You yeah. might go on Instagram and moan about it, but... Oh, I'm sure he's using it as, as motivation right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, as you, it's one of those ones that's kind of process of elimination that you're left with that, but it's not exactly a, a sloppy seconds. It's again one I'll need to revisit because I've only seen it the once and was still on a high after the women's title match on the same night. But good, solid pick, and those two guys were integral in that sort of transfer between full sale takeovers to the arenas as well, which is a, a big, big pivotal moment for NXT. That was the first arena show they did. That's a good point. Yep. Anything you want to add to that, Ricky? Tell me I'm wrong, Rick. I know you're about to tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead. Um, well, you're not wrong. I think a lot of people probably remember the, what, the match in Japan more because that's when Finn won it. Um, and obviously, like I said, it's unfortunate for this match that it took place on the same card as, um, as the women's match. Oh yeah, the women's match. I thought you were talking so, about the same card as the women's. So, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great pick. I think you, you can you really have like an all-time NXT card without having Finn Balor on it? I don't, I don't it's think a, you can. He was a big, big deal back in the day. Yes, for that couple of years, like he took it from being, wow, this is we we like this to. This might be the best wrestling, and and this is obviously pre AEW stuff as well. And it was like it, he took it from being good to being like the best brand. And put, like put it like this: Finn was so big that in the draft, Finn was drafted in the first round. Yep. First night, beat I can't Jericho and Cesaro. I think it was then beat uh, later on in the night, beat Roman Reigns clean in the middle of the mat in the middle of the ring. So clean, they interviewed Roman after the match, right before the show ended, and Roman said, ah, I gotta wrestle the kid again, he's good. And then he went and won the first Universal Championship. Like, Finn was that over. So... Yeah. The injury that he suffered against Seth kind of just probably derailed everything, and it was probably the worst thing that could have happened to him, um, because immediately, as soon as you get into that position, you get hurt. Mm. And, yep. You know, so... No, it's it's a it's it's a it's another good pick. So well, sh- shall we move on to mine then? I'm, I'm looking forward to yours because I already had an idea of what your car would be, but I feel like you're going to surprise me. I think I will surprise people with some of my picks. Uh, I think in some ways it is quite controversial because I'm starting off the night with a tag team title match. For me, it was as you say we've talked about 2018. Undisputed Era and their tag matches and so on and so forth. There's going to be one or two matches that I picked tonight that cancels out a few things. So I'm I'm left with others, right? So with that in mind, there were only two tag title matches that I would consider. One of them, which I didn't pick, was the two out of three falls match, DIY and Revival. But the one I went for... Uh, Ricky was in attendance for this one. It is the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Mustache Mountain. The Grizzled Young Vets. 
inaugural tag team NXT UK tag team title tournament finals. I adored this match for many reasons and in hindsight for even more reasons. Um, Crystal Young Veterans became basically my favourite tag team. I thought they had the, the, the principles, the ideals, the values of the revival, but they had... They had a high flying element and James Drake to them as well, which sort of took them just a bit over the edge in terms of excitement. And we got we know what Mustache Mountain are like. They're a very exciting team to watch. They can get the crowd pumped up and that crowd were well well desperate for Mustache Mountain to win. For Grizzled Young Veterans to stick to their game plan from the very start of that tournament and just wrestle, cut them off in the corner. Sequence moves that just cancels everything out and total chess fashion. That's the kind of heel tag team tag, tag team wrestling that I love the most and the crescendo to that match was just something else you had a Dudley a doomsday device a, su- a suicide dive doomsday device from James Drake to Tyler Bate on outside oh, it was Trent it was Trent Trent and then Tyler yep. Bate was going for a suicide dive and James Drake drop kicked him out of midair and we've seen on Twitter afterwards, see the Grand Theft Auto wasted meme. <laughs> Just I'm at, what a what a match, and I'm I'm so happy as well now because with um, the extracurricular activities of both Mustache Mountain members being brought into disrepute, and it's been said online by many trainers and fans that the Grizzled Young Veterans are upstanding citizens. Their training school is very safe and all that stuff. It was a win for the good guys at the end of the day. So this is my pick. Grizzled Young Vets and Mustache Mountain. Soon to be known as the world's number one. Uh, well, if Trump lets them back in, yeah. <laughs> well, they're both well, okay. white, well, so they won't have an issue getting back in. This is true, but until he hears them talk. One thing I want to say real quick, and then it's all yours, Rick, is true story. If I'm lying, Rick, tell him tell I'm lying. We made our cards. I told Ricky he should use this as his tag match. Okay. Am I lying? Nope. Uh, I've never watched this match again. Oh, Richard. <laughs> what? <laughs> you have no idea what you are missing. I was there live. I, I witnessed it. I know, but you didn't yeah, see the replay. Yeah, you got to see it on TV, I, homie. No, I'm a big believer, right? And when I watch something live, I don't want to watch it on the TV again if I loved it live. Okay. I, know. I watched two bits of that takeover live again. Well, rewatched it, and it was the, the spot with um, Joe Coffey and... Walter from no sorry <clears throat> Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn uh, at the top when they were at the top rope and they fell out the ring I wanted to see if it looked intentional or not or if they just kind of fell right. and I think the other moment was when Finn Balor came out because I wanted to see if that the noise came through the TV like it did in the arena well. so the reason why I don't watch stuff if I've watched it live, is because I don't want it to ruin my memory of it, because I feel like I would maybe start critiquing it or nitpicking it too much, which is why when someone says 
where you did to watch it on TV. Like, I'd be like, no, no, I'll give you a perspective of what it was like on live. You know, so... I, I just don't want it to ruin it for me. Watching it and being there was unbelievable. Um, not surprised at this pick at all. Not, <laughs> not even at all. Of and, course and, you're not. And, and I think we said at the time that it's a tag match that for me still stands up against any NXT full sale tag match or NXT proper tag match you'll see. Um, and I think the other thing that, that I've said for a long time was can we start having a conversation please about the Grizzled Young Vets being one of the best tag teams in the world? Thank you. Thank you. I don't... Look, Bucks... FTR, Usos, New Day, whoever, the Luchas, whoever you may think it is, well, these guys should be in the mix as well. Undisputed Era, Mustache Mountain, whatever. These guys are in the mix as well. Um, and I think, Clive, you probably put it perfectly. Like, they do remind you of um, the Revival or slash FTR. They've got that old school feel to them. Like, they look like an old school tag team wrestler and they wrestle like that, but they've also got, as you say, some high flying to them as well. Yeah, they've got a, like the perfect blend. There's a hybrid there. It's just, it's phenomenal. There's, um, there's a deadliness to that and bringing in that new school element to the old school tactics. It's, it's yep. deadly. Yeah, that's a, you know, there's nothing wrong with this pick whatsoever. The pick's fucking tremendous. <laughs> and, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, this was the first ever UK takeover, right? Yep. Yes. So this match was just as important as Sami Zayn Cesaro was to NXT Arrival. Mm-hmm. Because this is the first thing you see if you're watching NXT UK pay-per-views. Yep. So it opened the match. So and I think at the time, yeah. everyone was like, well, Mustache Mountain have to win it. They're the, the big names. Everyone knows who they are. They have to win it. And they Surprisingly, they went to the Grizzled Young Vets. And it wasn't the wrong decision at all. No. So in the B, world's number one. I remember literally in this match, I texted him and I said, uh, do you have your shoes off? Listen, <laughs> my, shoes are, That's right. my shoes are firmly, firmly on for that man. Right. Uh, my next one, it has been spoken about almost a bit too lovingly earlier on. So... I won't, I won't dwell too much on it, but we're going again for Johnny Gargano versus Alistair James Black. Delicious match with, as I say, wax lyrical, poetic about it. So I'm happy to just move on to my next one if you guys are. Sounds good. Yep. Um, I'm putting this one for the North American title. And for reasons I will explain later, my choices available to me were also pretty limited. And I did think about, I did honestly think about uh, Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle. And I was thinking that I personally preferred the Tyler Breeze match because it was a side to Tyler Breeze I hadn't seen in a long time. I was very pleasantly surprised by the physicality of that one. But I've already got a suspected um, beast on my card, so I didn't want to have two with uh, Trent Seven. So <laughs> um, I went for Keith Lee and Dijak at Portland. You are right, Ricky, in that the series that they've had on WWE TV, it's not their best match. Um, it might not even be the best North American title match. 
when you think about the likes of Cole and Ricochet, Ricochet and Gargano, and the ladder match and whatnot. But to see to see those guys get that credit that they've finally deserved, they've been putting on banger after banger on TV, and for Triple H to have enough faith in them to do it on the big stage was validation that this rivalry is one for the ages. And I just big big meaty men slapping meat. That's what this this is what this was. And you're talking about moments. Still to this day, I wonder how on earth Dijak did that springboard somersault onto Keith Lee on a fucking swivel chair and connected cleanly. That was just frightening, frightening athletics on display. That man did an acai moonsault in Thames. I will never ever doubt Dominic Dajakovic for anything. I'll, I'll doubt his promo skills to the end of time, but the, he's, when he's in the ring fighting... It's a joy to behold. I could watch two hours of him just pointing at his eyes menacingly and I'd be a happy man. <laughs> so so Clive has been a Dijakovic fan since he ever debuted mm-hmm. in, in NXT. Keith Lee and, and Dominic Dijakovic is monster porn. What I mean is, <laughs> it's a Michael Bay movie in that nobody's watching for stories. You just want to see the crashes. Because and the explosions, because when you watch those two wrestle, the things these human beings should do is not fair to human nature, <laughs> but they're able to do it. Yep. And it's beautiful to watch. And I love I love the point you made that this may not be their best match in their series. This may not be the match that popped you the most, but they earned that spot on that card and that trust to open up that show. I love the way you put that great match. Thank you. Great match. Yeah, again, I don't have too much to add because I don't have an issue with the pick whatsoever. But I, I do agree with your assessment; it's probably not the best match, um, but it was still. That's not to say this wasn't a very good match. It really was. Um, you should go back and watch. They had a match in PWG either in the mid or the end of 2017. I think I've only seen highlights of that match in question. Which was every bit as good as anyone they've the NXT ones, maybe better. Mm-hmm. Their PWG matches might be better than their NXT matches because yeah, there was no structure. They just did what they wanted. <laughs> so I can't remember when or what month it was, but I'm sure it was like one of the Los Angeles shows. And I don't know if that was like in the middle of the summer or the ending of the summer or whenever it was, but it was definitely 2017. Um, no, this is a good pick. This is a good pick, and I, I think it's also a pick that might stand out because I don't think many other people pick it, and it it will certainly it separates your card. I think immediately from mine and Caleb's and several others that probably going to have maybe that ladder match. Yep. Um, the next one won't stand won't stand out. So I've went for the one that Rand's predicted that many will go for, and it is the Bailey Sasha from Brooklyn One. Um, it's been said many times in many podcasts and many columns by the wrestlers themselves. This was a very, very important match and a very special match. It was wrestled wrestled well. The story told before and after was enough to move me to tears watching the next promo for. Um, 
respect and not like not bubbling away but sort of you know welling up thinking that was a big big fucking deal that was a really big deal so I, I can understand if people think it's lazy, a lazy choice but I can also understand why it's going to be picked so often um, just astounding an astounding night and an astounding achievement for Bailey it's a lazy choice in saying that your favourite basketball player is Michael Jordan or your favourite footballer is Lionel Messi like liking the best is okay with be, with it's okay uh-huh. like it's the best for a reason um, I think in more in more recent times, I think um, Rhonda, Charlotte, and Becky and Lacey and and uh, Natty in Saudi Arabia may have more historical significance. But much like you can't forget Paige and Emma opening that door, or even Kong and Gail Kim opening that door before that, mm-hmm. you can't forget Bailey and Sasha being the match that let mainstream America and the world know that women can not only wrestle at as good as the men can, but they deserve to be in every spot that every man does. And that's a beautiful thought to think of. And more importantly, God, I'm about to say something blasphemous. Clive, I got to give credit to Tito from the LLP. <laughs> okay. I'm so disgusted I have to do this, but no, I ain't got to be for Tito. Uh, I want to give him credit because Tito was a huge NXT detractor and this was the first, I think, real NXT card he watched in real time, if I remember correctly. And I remember him watching that, uh, watching the build up, the build up, the uh, hype video. And he pointed out something so poignant. Bailey's arc was two years to get to that match, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the arc she went through, you know, being almost a female Eugene, like being that naive to, you know, growing a set and fighting back and getting in the match with Charlotte and losing and then having to start all over again and everything she went through to get to that match, having the broken hand, dream dying right before the, the card, everything happening the way it did. And Sasha being a friend and turning on her, being a, a, a BFF, beautiful, fierce female, you know, with, with Summer. And everything that happened was so beautifully encapsulated in that three-minute hype video mm-hmm. that... For those of us who did watch every single show like me, it, it was it was so important to us. But if you hadn't watched it all, it made you feel something important. And one last point. So many of the wrestling matches we watch nowadays are contests, right? Exhibitions. This is one of the few matches that made you feel that they really wanted to win. Uh-huh. Like when Sasha's in the bank, Sasha has a bank statement, and Bailey's reaching for the ring for the for the uh, ropes, and Sasha starts stomping on her hand. Uh-huh. Like, oh, not moment. often do you think they care about winning because we know so much about wrestling. That match felt like they really wanted to win, yep. and that's an important j- distinction to make when you watch major matches like that. So, yeah, tremendous match. Just two more points about it. Like, see where Bailey is now. And what yeah. you've said about Bailey's character arc at the very beginning, I think it would actually be quite interesting to study her whole arc in its entirety, but that's another conversation for another day. Or another column. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> the, on the main roster at that time, Stephanie McMahon came down, uh, was talking about the women's revolution, 
and that couldn't have happened without NXT and it happened around the same time as this match. The, the timing of women's wrestling peaking on SummerSlam and then transitioning onto the main roster, the way it did, that's also why it's a pivotal moment, not just for the careers of both women, but for the the sort of official, as WWE would put it, now we're taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah, tremendous. Ricky, I'm sure we've talked about this many times, so if you've, unless you've got anything else to add on it, I'm happy to move on to the next one. I don't think I've got anything new to add on to it. I, I, you know, it's a match and a feud that really is it. Don't, don't you think it's interesting that the two girl dads in this call wax poetic about this match? <laughs> I mean, uh, he has. Yeah, I'm not huh? saying that you don't wax poetic, but I'm just saying when you have a daughter, it just it's something different that you feel watching these women, knowing where women, knowing that you know, just we were having bra and panties matches just five years before that. Yeah. Well, what was it at WrestleMania 18? What was it? The uh, Lumberjoe match or something? The, no, the Playboy, the the match where. They did the Bud Light girls, and they just like did a pillow fight. I don't remember that. Thankfully, that was advertised. Oh, so yeah. Man. So this is where it starts to get a bit more controversial, and this is going to dock points with Ricky for this one, who is a man who loves to have the main title in the show. Well, not tonight. <laughs> My God, you look like the Undertaker. Your eyes rolled so far back there, Ricky. Now, I am going for Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. Okay. Partly because some of my other favourite title matches, their their um, competitors are used elsewhere. Partly because after a while, you get a bit fed up with the Cole Gargano style of Super kick, kick out, super kick, kick out, DDT, Canadian Destroyer, all that stuff. So it's hard to actually differentiate between the Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano matches, all their matches. But the Sami Zayn story, where he had been unsuccessful previously, he was too good to cheat before, and Adrian Neville was still a face, but just being a bit cocky about it. The the feeling in that full-sale crowd of their... Like, Sami Zayn was NXT's people's champion. Right, and for him to win that night was just a glorious moment. So I've not got much else to add about it apart from I'm sure it will shock that it's not the end of the night. Ricky, are we still friends? I don't have a issue with the pick because it was obviously my pick. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big title match needs to close guy, but that match needs to close because you need the show ending with Kevin Owens beating the shit out of Sami Zayn. There's no way you could go back to another match, but okay. tremendous match. And the most underrated part of that match is we forget that was for Sami Zayn's career. I know. I, I completely, um, Caleb mentioned that last week and I completely forgot about it. Yeah, if he lost, he had to leave NXT. That was, so that was it was like he had to win that match. That's why him grabbing the title so he could hit Neville and then dropping it and hitting the Huluva kick was such a poignant moment because he could have cheated to win because he had to win to keep his career. And he said, no, nah, I'm going to do it the right way. 
So yeah, beautiful match. What match is about to close? It better not be the match where I think it is, but anyway, continue. Oh yeah, yeah we know what it is. We yeah. know what it is. There's only one match that can follow that. Yep. Listen, I'll go on record as saying 2018 was NXT's greatest year. Okay, you had the Johnny Gargano to Marshall Champa stuff on top. That was very good. Very lengthy story reminiscent of your Triple H, John Michaels, Seth and Dean, all that stuff. But underneath it, you had a story that was months, months in the making with when it all started at... Classic. No, um, I'll take take over Chicago. The Romania one, the same night as the NA title ladder match. Oh, New Orleans, New Orleans, right? So, New Orleans, it started that night when Roderick Strong screwed over Pete Dunne, joined the Undisputed Era to become a member of Undisputed Era and a tag team champ, right? So, Dunne was in Undisputed Era's crosshairs. You had the back and forth with Adam Cole and Ricochet, they had their own North American title match, uh, and then you had the debuting War Machine, and throughout, oh my goodness, throughout that year, you had the most fevered gang warfare mentality stuff going on in NXT that I can remember. You had, pro- like, I'd go so far as saying this might be the best TV match they've had for the men anyway. Pete Dunne and Ricochet, title for title which was um, interrupted by the Undisputed Era at the end. As I say, this went on for months and months, and it was it came to a point, only, there is really only one way you can end this feud, and it's in a War Games match. And I've said many times that War Games is my favourite time of the year. This match and this build is the exact reason why. And I would not close, I would not close the pay-per-view with any other match. So that's why oh I couldn't God. pick certain matches because about half the NXT rosters in this match. <laughs> oh my God! I just knew you were going Gargano Champa. What a swerve! I can't pick Gargano. I've already got him. Oh, I'm stupid. You're right. Okay, R- Ricky, what were you, were you thinking this one? Not even in the slightest. What were you thinking? I don't know. It's, it wasn't this. <laughs> no, it's not at all. What's this? Not at all. But it's yeah. a tremendous pick. Uh, like, you... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the pick. It just took me by surprise. I was like, I never thought you were going to go this one. Hmm. I mean, even the stuff with Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain, like <laughs> British Strong Style in England, you had the, the six-man tag the first night of that UK tournament in Royal Albert Hall, which was a screamer. Mustache Mountain and Undisputed Era's back and forth, Birch and Lorcan. Um, and I'm sounding like a broken record. See through all of this, all these rivalries, these tag team matches, the great TV matches, Undisputed Era were the common denominator in all of them. And just the match itself, you had, I mean, you had the moments going into it. It was just chaos. Pete Dunne kept getting held back. I think he might have actually been carrying an injury, so they kept him till last. But he came in wailing on everyone with kendo sticks. Um, they finished the match with Dunne and Ricochet on top of the cage, looking at each other as a sort of nod of respect and approval. Just for for those many, I was so satisfied. Sometimes you get month months-long feuds and they kind of fizzle away. Well, this went out with a big, big bang. And... I know it's not a title match, but 
it's a War Games match and you know how I feel about them. You know how Yeah, War Games got to end the show, yeah. So that's me, that's Picard. Why you you hit me with the left hook out of nowhere with that War Games. Really? <laughs> you think that War Games are a better one than the twenty nineteen one? Is that the Champa versus Yeah, where Champa fucking uh, and Cole from the top of the cage through the table? Like I pers- just came back from like a life threatening uh-huh. neck or like a career ending neck injury. I really could have done without him doing that, to be honest with you. Uh, and to to and to Clyde's point, that match didn't weave in as long and as varied as a story web as the match with the the era versus uh War Raiders and Friends did. Like that weaved oh, at least six to nine months worth of stories. Don't get me wrong. The five or six weeks of new new SATV leading up to War Games 2019 was fire, pure fire. And they were in fifth gear. They had to sort of think, right, we've got some competition on other channels. Let's up the game a bit. And they certainly did. But just from a personal taste thing and also preferring the women's War Games match on that night as well, um, this one was just, that was a, a peak. It was the same night when you had... Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black, you had Champa and Velveteen Dream. Just a stunning night and a stunning match for me, personally. I'm glad I swerved you both. Fantastic. Was that the one where Pete Dunne tweeted out, I think after... um, Oh my God. Somehow his name is such a mind now. Is that where, remember when Roddy turned on Pete? Did Pete not put tweet out something that, well, I know a couple of guys or something and it was a photo of British Strong Style? Or was that after uh, Imperium? Uh, maybe then, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter anyway. No, like, like you say, the build and stuff was great. Took It went on for months and months. Um, I really don't have an issue with the pick. Like I says, I just, and obviously the 2019 one, uh, I that was my favourite um, but yeah no let's say this storyline lasted for months upon months and like you say is that whole when Undisputed Era were just coming down and just mauling people was was great to see as well just great great stuff in my idiot mind I wasn't even thinking we would even use War Games so you just blew me out the water that's an amazing pick and I'm guessing the Matt Riddle match you're talking about is Roderick Strong. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Yes, yes, yes. I could have filled my whole card with six random matches, to be honest with you. No title matches. I believe it. I believe it. Well, actually, that that's some. That's probably more interesting than this than this using the title matches. No. It's just six random NXT matches. So before we move on to the quiz, I'll just quickly go through ranches and then mines. Um. This will be added to a poll that we'll do at some point in the future. We'll get next week's guests on. Uh, Rances was Undisputed Era, Street Profits, Birch and Locke and Forgotten Sons, uh, NXT Tag Titles at Lad- Ladder Match 25, Gargano versus Black, best match ever, Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Asuka Ember Moon, and Finn Balor and Fight, Kevin Fight, or whatever you call him. <laughs> 
Fight owns fight. Fight, fight Kevin, fight. It sounds like a stupid playground thing. <laughs> uh, and I went for Mustache Mountain versus Grizzled Young Vets, Johnny Gargano versus Alistair Black, Keith Lee versus Dijak, Bailey versus Sasha, Brooklyn One, Sami Zayn, Neville, and Undisputed Era versus Dunn, Ricochet, and War Machine at War Games 2018. So, I want prize fighter Kevin Owens back. One I day. also want Coltley Debray Wyatt back. Oh. I mean, what you had him for a squad fight. Fucking terrible. Anyway. He should have been... The, no, he should have been the big boss that Strowman's got to defeat at WrestleMania. No, The Fiend should. The Fiend is unbeatable. No, fuck The Fiend. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll take this off air. We we have business to yeah. have, I, I believe. Yep. So, we've got a busy night ahead of us, Ricky, so I'm just going to fuck this place and give you it live. Before we start quizzing ourselves and doing some wrestling tests, let's talk about our testes and why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer, so you're talking like Randy Orton, The Rock, all those chaps and chapettes. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nicked free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Um, I can test, I can attest to that. It was a very smooth experience. I'm feeling a wee bit itchy now and again, now and again mind you, but that doesn't, that's usually the case. In terms of actual sort of nicking accidents and blood and guts and all that shit, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. I can tell you this is a premium service, and I mean premium, because if you've got a lot of a lot of bush down there, the battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can have a longer shave. Uh, the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Why you'd want to do that when it's all matted and stuff like that, I don't know. I think you need a, a dry pube, personally speaking. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Also, I can attest to that. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 revs per minute motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about that charging stand. Sleek, beautiful. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Although I have to say, America, your plug sockets with your two prongs it's almost almost as bad as spelling colour without the U. So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand because I finally did experience it firsthand and it works a treat. And it also came to my rescue when my normal day was the lawnmower 3.0 to sort of tidy up my face. I can confirm that I did tidy and clean and sanitise the lawnmower before using on my face. I don't have any sort of puberona virus or anything like that. So make sure to trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping. If you go to manscaped.com and put in the, so- the suplex as the promo code, believe me, your balls and your chin and maybe some other people's chins will thank you. It's fucking promo time with this fucking live promo again. To where it all began. 
Thank, oh, say, what the hell is that? Thank, thanks for doing Bray? my first live rendition. That's okay. People want to hear Bray. No. <laughs> right. So I've got a quiz that is basically kind of loosely themed around the matches that I picked in my takeover. Um, sort of neighbouring facts and all that stuff. Seven questions, 14 points up for grabs, okay? So, so it would have been absolutely hilarious if it was not even re- remotely related to NXT at all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next quiz. quiz, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, what's your buzzer? <laughs> I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. And Rance? So I thought long and hard about this buzzer. I wanted to do something that encompassed everything I want to portray. It's one of the greatest lines ever spit by a professional wrestler. From Mil Mascaris, no yab. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine by me, right? Number one, this is a two-pointer, okay? They're not all two-pointers. This is a two-pointer. On the same night where Sami Zayn won the title from Adrian Neville who was in the women's title match and how many times have they wrestled one on one on main roster pay-per-views so the two oh, yeah. points oh Christ right Rance that was Becky and Sasha right it was the match no I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool before I answer it can you can you say the second part of that question? How many times have these two ladies fought on main roster pay-per-view one-on-one? Right, so it's Charlotte and Sasha. Uh-huh. One-on-one. Three? Oh, yes. SummerSlam, Hell in a Cell and Roadblock. I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't sure if they'd had anything after that. Well, you know, they wrestled like 45,000 times on, t- on TV, so. <laughs> uh, did you mean to say Becky, Rance? I did. Right, okay. So, yeah, so I, I got that completely wrong, my bad. I mean, if I say no, I meant to say Charlotte, will I get the point? Uh, you can get a, a pat on the back. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll give you the Cody rub if you want. <laughs> I want that, please. <laughs> right, number two, a one-pointer. How many title shots had Sami Zayn had while Adrian Neville was NXT champion before the Art Evolution night? So I looked on Cage Match. I'm not including house shows because there was about seven squillion uh, title matches on live events. So before oh. before Art Evolution, how many title shots had Sami Zayn had? No, yeah. Rance? Let us say two. That's correct. Okay. Because I know the Fatal 4-Way, and then I think there was one more he had that he got cheated out of. Yeah, it was a, a TV match with Neville. Yeah. Number three. Who was the first War Raider to enter the 2018 War Games? No, yeah. Rance? Hanson. Correct. I'm sorry. Uh, Ivar, or whatever the fuck their names are now. Mbap. Mm, Right, number two, uh, sorry, number four, which is another two-point question. So the first part, uh, it's two each, by the way, in score. First part, who scored the pinfall in the War Games match 2018 one? 
So who scored the pinfall? And the second part, who was pinned? No, yeah. Rance? Ricochet and Pete Dunn pinned them together. Pinned who? Adam Cole. Ooh, you have uh, 4 2 now. I'm so, it's NXT, bro. I'm sorry. Y'all know <laughs> this know, is my baby. Uh, number five. How many days were the Grizzled Young Vets the tag champions? I will take the closest Shit. answer, so no buzzer here. So, uh, Ricky, do you want to give your closest answer? I, I'm trying to think of how long and then when it lost it. Um, see, so it was, I know the exact date when they won it. I might actually get this spot on. Well, I'll give my guess so I won't so okay. I won't yep. be I won't be influenced by yours. I'm gonna say 115 days. Okay. Yeah. No, it's more than that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm probably. I don't even remember who they lost it to. To be honest with you. Hey, right, so how much? It's gonna be. Oh, wait, 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 30, 60, 90, 120, 150. Now, remember, 80. this guy, uh, Ricky, is like a, a human calculator. This is true. You gotta uh, see his two, eyes. Two twenty-five. Oh my because god! Because we had it from August. We had it from sorry. We had it from the twelfth of Jan up until the August uh, takeover where they lost it to Morgan and Webster, and I think that was something like the twelfth of Jan to like the twenty-fifth of August or something like that. <laughs> You are six days out. Oh. Officially recognises 231 days. Right, number six. I, I'll take the close... What's that? Well done. Right, so 4-3 to Rand still. I'm wondering where to take the closest answer for this one. I'll leave it up to you guys to confer. How many takeover matches has Alistair Black had? Do you want no, the... no, we can get that directly. We can get that absolutely. Right. Okay. So, okay, um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take a stab at it. Okay. So he fought Almas. He fought Cole. He fought Gargano. He fought Black. I'm a Dream. Uh, and then there was his debut. No, then he had the tag match with Ricochet against the War Raiders. So I'm going to go with six. You are incorrect. So what is the ranch name? Right, so... <clears throat> right, so with the Almas, Gargano, War Games, his debut. I'm almost certainly faced Lars Sullivan at one point. Shit, that's right. Uh, that's when I missed. That's when I missed. Uh, that's when he did the the black mass and missed completely and Lars Soda like he kicked his chin off. Old Mitch. How much did Rance say six? <laughs> he also faced I yes. didn't hear you say Itami either. How much did you? Oh shit, I forgot. So that's eight. I'm gonna go eight. Uh, you're both wrong. 
Oh, nein. Ah. Uh, Almas twice. Oh, she's debut. Do you, I remember his debut, but I couldn't. I couldn't remember who he wrestled at his debut. But okay. Do you remember? So do you remember the entrance for the timing match where that band were headbanging like mad, and he was just standing mm-hmm. stock still in the, in the middle? Oh, of it? that was the Cold Orange match. Was the timing? I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was. Did that get the point? No. No, it wasn't closest. What? It was the direct. It was nine. Oh God. Aye. So, but now there's it's fourth. Two, doesn't it? Four, three. Four, three. You can get the Cody rub. <laughs> hey, this one's a five-pointer, okay? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take over Brooklyn one, a very memorable and important night for NXT. There were 14 wrestlers used at TakeOver, so I'm including not just... I'm not including the, the other two horsewomen. But overall, there were 14 wrestlers used at TakeOver Brooklyn 1 the night Bailey won the title. Five of them are no longer with the company. Name them. Well, hold on. Question. Because... Question. And one of those matches, they have managers, and the managers count. They do. Okay, no yap. Rance? Blue, Blue Pants ain't there no more, so that's Lever Bates. Uh, Simon Gotch isn't there anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just making sure. You, okay, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Aiden English is gone. Ty Dillinger is gone. And the fifth is the first fucking match of the night. What was the first match? Wait, are we counting the the women's the not for the four the, no. the tag match don't count right? That was the. F- Emma, it's not Emma, right? She don't count, right? Does no. she count? No. Okay. Oh, fuck. What was the first match of that damn card? Was Emma in this? Emma and Dana Brooke fought Becky and Charlotte on the pre-show, which oh, aired on Wednesday afterwards. No, I'm not including that one. Um, I remember there was a, a muck-up in that match as well. Oh, um, Liger. Damn yes. it! <laughs> well, I was like, I know Breeze is on this card. Yep. Uh, just want to take this moment to tell you I was a big blue pants, Mark. Were you really? Oh, yes, Rance. Oh, okay. Right. Understood. <laughs> so, um, Rance, you win. It seems unfair that you win 9-3, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, was that the whole quiz, or did we have more questions? That was the whole quiz? That's it. That's it. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Rick. My bad. Fuck. I love you, though. That's just I was you... hoping you wouldn't get Liger. He's just getting you back for the the quiz final, your five New Japan questions. I'm saying, bro, like, can we talk about that? Like, how are you going to give New Japan questions to a New Japan expert? I mean, like, I thought it was a reasonably... Uh, acceptable question. Look, man, I love you, but when I see you, we, you have to see me about that when I see you in the streets. Okay. I mean, we are we are talking about something that took place over a year ago here. It will, it's not a year ago to me, sir. Okay. <laughs> I relive it every night. <laughs> uh, Rance, have you got any plugs you want to give before we go? Um, 
Outsider's Edge at Outsider's Edge CS. Holla at me if you got Outsider's Edge, the regular twi- Twitter. I'll I'll give you a Ricky and Clive t-shirt. Um, <laughs> you know, my show's at Chairshot Media. Um, the Chairshot.com, always use your head. Um, I'm at It's Ray Cash, Black Lives Matter. I, he- I heard you. I heard your Outsider's Edge is going to be quite good this week. Yeah, I, I I got some like riffraff on the show from from you know on the other side of the pond. The, yeah. the I sh- can't. I don't even remember their names. The straight side of the pond. <laughs> no, the the side of the pond that's actually good so far because we're dying over here. <laughs> uh, Does Carl live outside of America? Look, it look. You have you ever seen Mean Girls? Stop yeah. trying to make Fetch happen. Stop trying to make Carl happen. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> right. We have been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows, such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, All Things Elite, and Get In The Ring. We can also be found at socialsuplex.com. Um where you can get these podcasts. You can, by the way, go into the old Apple podcasts and give us a five-star review. Uh, you can get the these podcasts and the columns that we do over at socialsuplex.com, sent directly to your email bin, inbox if you press subscribe. If you want to donate to Social Suplex or Rick and Clive in general, give us some money for beer and gear, as it were. There's a donate button in the show notes. Um don't forget the Manscaped information that you've been given earlier in the show. Keep those balls nice and trim, ladies and gents. <laughs> Don't know why I said ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wrestling Squared Circle is the Facebook group. Maybe do the poll for the best, see who's got the best takeovers in there at some point in the next few weeks. And we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Don't forget also to go to ProWrestlingTees.net and get yourself a t-shirt at the Social Suplex page as well. I think that's us for tonight. Do we? Sorry, do we? Do we tell people who we've got coming on next week, or why not? It's kind of the only thing that's not confirmed is the the time. So, do you want to give us the news? It's J and J, but not as you know them. A different J and J security. Yeah. So we've got the boss, Jeremy, and we've got one half of One Nation Radio. And James is coming on as well. I think. Oh, that's what's up. James, I think this is probably the second time he's been on, I think. Because mm. I think the first time was a quiz. For anyone who knows uh, James. Yeah, this is. He is a. This is first. Uh, he's been on for the quiz, but this is the first sort of general chit chat one. And, and, and he's an avid, avid NXT mark as well. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's about as into it as I am. So that's going to be interesting to hear. Yep. Looking forward to that one. So. Um, thanks for listening. Hope, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hopefully, Josh doesn't feel left out because I've saved Jane Jay, but I actually hey, have Josh another, got the title. Forget Josh. Yeah. Have, Wait, I, have another, I have another idea for a pay per view that I think Josh would be perfect to come on okay. for. Oh, he, he's one. Oh, let me guess. Is it the best New Japan pay per views? No, we, that's basically stealing from <laughs> keeping a strong style if we've done something like that. Uh, but it's the one I've spoke to you about, Rance. Josh wants to win the t shirt anyway. He's not got interest in coming on. <laughs> like he's desperate for some teas. 
he, uh, his card submitted late for the last one was fucking excellent as well. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so, ladies and gents, thanks for listening. Um, check out the Outsiders Edge this week as well. You'll hear some familiar voices. And cool. Rance, th- thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, sir. It's funny to me how all your competitions that Josh or Jeremy seem to win. I just wanted to point that out. Listen, I know. <laughs> I know. But Josh knows his stuff, and, and I I have no issue, right? I have no issue. As soon as I saw Jeremy's card, in my mind, I was like, that's the card for me. Let's leave it at that. Right, ladies and gents, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.